Adventures in time and space told in future tense. All radio is dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. Good evening. I'm Kyle. I'm Brad. And risen from the coffin, we are the Nosferadudes. So, Brad, what are we talking about on this episode? On this episode, we're discussing Chopping Mall. That's right. That's right. The 1986 uh, classic Chopping Mall. <laughs> <laughs> why would you say it that way it is a classic come on come yes, on don't a, do that it's a it's a classic to it's a class it, i would say it's a classic to guys like us who love 80s 80s horror movies and yep. and some some good like you know deep cut horror movie fans you know drive-in fans you know stuff like that but the the general populace doesn't have the same appreciation i don't think for chopping mall that that people like us do that and the other mutants in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed to find someone who's even seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's a, it's a little bit of a, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a community movie. It is. It's, it's a community. A, it's movie. a mute. It's a mutant community movie. It has a cult following. It's not for everybody. Yep. Not everybody can appreciate it the same way we do. But yes, it was. It came out in 1986, uh, directed by, directed and co-written by Joe Wynorski. Um, Joe Wynorski, uh, also famous for uh, 976 Evil Part Two, the Bear Wench Project, ah mm. uh-huh. and the Witches of Brestwick. Well, that's <laughs> quite the resume. <laughs> And uh, it stars uh, two of the most uh, famous scream queens of all time, uh, Miss mm. Kelly Maroney and Miss mm-hmm. Barbara Crampton. Oh, Barbara Crampton! And Kelly Maroney is without a doubt the hero of the film, the heroine, the heroine. And yep. uh, Barbara Crampton, Barbara Crampton gets done wrong in this movie. <laughs> She gets her her her, de- her death. She gets done real wrong. <laughs> I well well her death was a note that I had. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, but we've also got uh, some some uh, pretty pretty decent acting in this. I mean, there's there's some you know eh, you always get a couple mm-hmm. eh. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, some some bright spots here. We got uh, I I picked out John Turleski, Mike with the gum. <laughs> oh mike with the gum oh my god and and the teeth and the teeth yeah toothy mike yeah toothy mike <laughs> and we've got uh uh russell todd uh, and carrie emerson they play a husband and wife and we've got <coughs> um we've got some some horror film or cult film royalty in this as well in the form of um Two appearances, uh, Paul Bartell and Mary Warrenoff, they play uh, Paul and Mary Bland, which are the, the couple in the very beginning of the film that criticize 
the idea of the protector bots or the the kill bots, as Jim Winorski oh, yes. calls yep. them. Uh, we've also got a a son of Hollywood royalty. We've got Nick Siegel uh, plays a character, Greg. He's the son of George Siegel, who probably today's audience would best know George Siegel from the Goldbergs. He played uh, the grandpa on the Goldbergs. Yep. Um, so his son Nick is in this. Um, we've also got uh, one Susie Slater. Uh, she plays Leslie. She's she's got the uh, one of the pairs of boobage that you see in the film, uh, mm-hmm. and she also it, the bright spot. She she's probably one of the best effects of the film is her head explosion. Man, you're just running through my notes. Well, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna touch base on all these. I just kind of wanted to get some of this stuff out of the way in the beginning. Sure. Um, yep. Uh, we also have uh, another uh, great appearance, a little cameo by Garrett Graham. Uh, he plays one of the techs, and Garrett Graham would be known like he was uh, in Chud Two, Bud the Chud. He was in. Um, phantom of the paradise he played are you uh, talking about the guy with the sneakers yeah the glasses he's the second the, the second glasses tech. and he kicks his feet up and yeah he's the second yeah. tech that dies and uh, yep. yeah if you saw garrett graham you'd 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 be like oh yeah i've seen that guy in like a ton of stuff um, right but he's he's another like uh cult horror fans they love garrett graham uh and he's awesome he's a he's actually a, a very good actor always a little campy always got to find the funny um, but he's always good in whatever whatever he's in. And the best appearance by far of the film, Dick Miller. That guy, Dick, Dick Miller, Miller. As yep. Gremlins. G- uh, yep, Gremlins. I mean ton of stuff. You can you can name half the movie in the eighties and Dick Miller's probably in some yeah. of them. Um, Very true. And he plays the janitor Walter Paisley. <laughs> yep. Yes, he does. Um so this this film, this movie Brad, would you say, I mean, obviously it's a horror movie, but mm. would you say, is it horror? Is it more sci-fi horror? Is it, some people call it a techno horror. Where where do you feel like it falls in your I estimation? think techno horror is fair. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically based you know, on... We, we, we've, we've talked about the movie um, in the, in our podcast a few times before and and generally we've referred to it as is mostly bloodless because it's it's killer robots but when i went back and watched it it there's blood in it you know yeah. i mean there's you know, there, there's there's some blood in it and there's you know there's the um the, the effect on on mike what they ended up slitting his throat um you know uh, uh mike toothy mike yeah um toothy gummy mike <laughs> right toothy toothy gummy mike and um so it's a it's a horror movie it, it's a horror movie it's it's sci-fi horror you know i mean we've we should have a whole other podcast on that right we talk about this all the time oh, alien yeah. and event horizon and and chopping mall yeah uh you know and I, so and, it's and sci-fi hard, but I think it's still hard. I'm the type of person like I, I, I mean, I love horror movies. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if, if I didn't love horror movies. If you didn't love horror movies, but for me, like some of my favorite things to watch 
even if they're not all that great, I love good sci-fi horror. Like to watch, like to watch a yeah. sci-fi horror movie where they take it somewhere like that I, I've never seen before. Even if even if it's just a, a middling movie, if they do something that's like different that I haven't seen done in any other movies, I'll watch it and I can I can still get into it. And some of the best horror movies that I've seen, uh, even even more recent horror movies, are sci-fi horror movies. There's like one. There's one that I keep going. I back would actually. To. I would categorize it a different way. I would actually categorize it as uh, action horror. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's it, it it's a lot of action. I mean, you know, we'll go through it, but when they you know they break into the sporting goods store and they they oh, arm yeah, themselves, there's... and now they're so now we're talking about like now. Right, we talk about sci-fi, we talk about horror, we talk about all these kind of blending genres and stuff. Predator, right? Right. Is Predator a horror movie? No, not really, because Arnold is Ooh. blasting away and he's got his machine gun and everything, so it's more action. <laughs> so, so it's more action. But in this one, you know, when they they arm themselves and they're now they're fighting for most of the movie, they're fighting the robots. Um, so, and they're fighting them with guns and they have a propane tank you know that they use um you know they have a plan of attack you know they they attack one robot with the elevator um you know so they they they're planning all these attacks and there's you know they have guns and everything so it's it's almost like a a, a horror action movie or an action horror movie yeah yeah i mean there's definitely oh, man my my technological things are fucking up on me today a lot of cable issues um yeah there's there's definitely a, a different a different thing that happens in this movie that that happens in some of the uh better and best you know sci-fi slash action horror things like that like you're you're right to like kind of call out like predator because that's the thing predator mm. predator is is really a blending of the three it's it's horror because of what the predator does to people it's sci-fi sure. because he's an alien and has advanced yep. technology but you you wouldn't find anybody that wouldn't say that's also an action movie like a full-blown absolutely same with, same, same with terminator you know terminator is is pretty much terminator the, the the first terminator is closer to horror yeah yeah because he he really is. It's um, very tense. It's very tense. The way the way that um, James Cameron went about it in 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 the first Terminator, it was it was a, it, the mute with the music and everything. It was very tense, and and you were almost scared of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a very he's a villain. He was such a villain in that one. He's a and Frankenstein. Then in Terminator, he's a Frankenstein. In right, that one. right, and he's the monster, and he's the bad guy in Terminator. So, but in Terminator Two, he's the good guy, right? He's he bonds with John Connor, and you know, so he's the sweet good guy, and he so dies J at the end. So, James, I want to be the good guy now. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, but you know, so but the first Terminator, you can almost say, is horror. Yeah, in yeah, a way, it, it rides sci that sci-fi sci-fi horror. It rides that line. You know, there's a lot of movies that ride that line, and I think that this is. This is one of them, you know. Um, but I mean, you know, like we talked about at the at the beginning of this, you know, short discussion. You know, techno horror is good too because really that's what it is. It's it's a horror movie based on the fear of 
new technologies. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. And a yep. lot of horror. Although, although, although we laugh at that, but no one's laughing with the AI in Terminator 2. Right? Oh, right. No one's laughing at that connection. All the other connections, yeah, okay, we'll laugh at, but not that connection. Everybody's scared to death about AI, right? Am I right. the only one? Right, and if you, you think I, about it like... Did I out myself? <laughs> yeah, AI, AI is like the big the big uh, right. bo- techno boogeyman wanna... right now. Okay, well, you call it a boogeyman, but not to get on to AI. Chat GPT but... will kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is it is this not all playing out? Like, oh yeah, like Terminator Two. Like, I, I mean, they had like recently. You see all the YouTube videos; they're very popular. TikTok or they're on Reels, they're on all that stuff of the you know the the robots that they're coming up with now that are so you know the humanoid kind of robots. Oh yeah, they, they, eventually it, it is within. I I would say within. Oh the- God. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction on our show. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Kyle's predictions. <laughs> predictions. Predictions. <laughs> but I think within like 20 years, like no joke, 20 years, they're, they're going to have the first uh, AI-powered android robot that is in many ways indistinguishable from a human like well they could so they so um when you see the youtube videos uh they all have kind of just the face on yeah right they just have they just have the face and you could see almost the rest of the robot i think more of that is just for display yeah um but um if they wanted to you know they can make these robots almost indistinguishable. Like yeah, you know, I mean they're they're really. I mean they're really freaky. Oh I yeah. mean they're really scary looking. Well, and that's the thing, and and you know then you got Boston Dynamics. Boston Dynamics is already working on robots that will move like humans, will have the same centers of gravity and everything. And this is bad. This and, is so bad. And this is like, Terminator Two. <laughs> And they have a this dog one. They have the Boston oh Dynamics has the dog one. We're so all gonna die. If you meld that, if they're able to to make their, if Boston Dynamics at some point makes their humanoid robot frame more compact to look more like the the shape and, and dimensions of a, a a real regular human body, then you skin that and put the the you know the the realistic face with the the android stuff they're coming up with now over in japan you meld those two together put a suit on it and you know i mean it's it's there's gonna come a point and like i said i think in within 20 years it's gonna become kind of tough like i think i think it's gonna be like that's gonna be why would they why would they not okay so okay fine so (laughs) here's the what's the bottom line here kyle the bottom line here is why would they not take over? Well, that's that's the whole idea in in if most... they're artificial intelligence and they learn, right? They're going to learn that they're superior. 
unless you unless you apply the three laws. <laughs> you got to do Asimov's three laws. <laughs> like an like an I robot. We went way off chopping mall, but um, well, no, it's tied. It is tied in. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as that much of a. Tangent. I mean, we're talking about in chopping mall like Johnny Five style robots, but now we're you know the last five minutes has really been about artificial intelligence. Well, in let's future, let's so. even talk about that a little bit because, and I didn't even know this until I did my research. Short Circuit came out the same year as Chopping Mall. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah. And short circuit. The same thing happens in short circuit. A lightning strike causes Johnny five to go sentient. It's so funny. One of my notes here is those damn lightning strikes. Yeah. It's always, it's always a because random it always, lightning it's strike. A li- it's always a lightning strike. Back to the future. Jason six short circuit chopping ball. Like it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's all lightning. It's always yeah, light. Always light. Light. If you think about it, lightning, is the last magical element in the world. That's the last thing that we ascribe magical properties and capabilities to. Is lightning? Do we magical, or has science kind of ex- just explained it? You'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I just go on Wikipedia right now, is it going to explain lightning to me? <laughs> Will lightning turn me into a superpowered mutant? <laughs> Bring me back from the dead. Yeah. Hey, Ben Franklin knew it. Ben Franklin knew it was going to happen. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, so the movie the movie was originally titled Killbots. Right. But I, it it yep, didn't test that. it didn't test well. So they, they took about 19 minutes out of the movie. I'm assuming 19 minutes where they said nothing but kill bots. <laughs> it's just kill bots, kill bots, kill bots, kill bots. Take all that out. Get rid of all that. <laughs> and then um, they, they, they recut it, called it Chopping Mall. And then, I mean, and this is the comment that you hear like everywhere. They marketed it kind of as a slasher. When you look at the posters, it looks like it's some kind of weird slasher movie. It's like a head in a bag. You see the eye peeking out of a ripped bag. And then there's like a okay. weird, there's like a weird, it's, it's technological. There's wires can and stuff, you, but there's like a creature hand holding it. Can you make a case that it is a slasher? I mean, a different yeah. kind of slasher. What well, defines a slasher to you? Well, here's the thing. I think that it, it breaks out of what would be considered a true slasher because they use laser eye, eye beam laser blasts. Ah, okay. I think once you use I beam laser blasts, because they were slasher. using the they were using the claws for you know they did they were coming they were, after I, they were coming after Toothy Mike with the claws and then they slit you know they slit his throat. So that that's that I would say that's slasher esque. Yeah, it's stuff. very slasher. But sure. once the laser blasts come out of the eye ports. That's where I think you lose the then slasher title. And then it becomes Techno Horror. <laughs> Techno- <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like if if Jason Voorhees pulled a Glock on somebody. Techno horror. <laughs> if Jason Voorhees had pulled a Glock on somebody just once in any one of the Friday the thirteenth movies, it would cease to be a slasher. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Very true. <laughs> 
and uh, and the 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 tagline, the catchphrase on the the poster art uh, is great. The where shopping costs you an arm and a leg. <laughs> but yeah, so the and the whole thing was filmed at the the Park Plaza Mall. That was like a a mall in in L.A. that was used for quite a bit of. You know, there were a few movies that were filmed there, and apparently they were very welcoming. Like the the owner of the Park Plaza Mall, like loved having movie crews come in and film because it's like just like free publicity. <laughs> is part is part of the appeal of this movie, especially now. Um, just the kind of the the memory of the mall. Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely, with with ma- the malls dying one by one, the, a slow, painful right. death. Oh God, have you have you been to the Phillipsburg Mall? I have not been to the Phillipsburg Mall in in forever. I was down... well. That's that's the problem. Yeah, uh, that's the problem. Most people have not. So uh, yeah, like, I I, they... I was to the Palmer Park Mall when I went to visit. Uh, how was that? My mom the one time. That's that's dying as well. That's oh, that's so sad. Yeah. The, especially that mall because that that was our mall. And and both malls near where we live, both those malls, the mall closest to us, is just an absolute. Uh, you walk in there, they could fill. Like I'm actually kind of surprised that some of these the owners of these properties aren't trying to get filmmakers to come in and make movies because some of these places are already like horror shows. Right. There's like panels yeah. that are falling out. There's exposed wires. There's oh. the water dripping from holes in the roof. That's just dripping onto the tile floors. I don't, I don't want to be that person that reminisces about the mall, but I'm going to reminisce about the mall. <laughs> I miss I, I, you know, dude, I mean, going down to the mall, we could walk there, we could ride our bikes there, and we went to the arcade all oh, the yeah. time. Yeah, the arcade, and the pizza place, the hot pretzel Bavarian place. Bavarian pretzel, like, yeah. hot pretzel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Orange Julius. So, Orange Julius. I didn't like Orange Julius, though. I grew to like it. I didn't it like the, I didn't like it. I didn't. You grew to, you had to grow to like it. It was yeah. kind of disgusting. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the what the what the what the hell was the appeal of that goddamn drink? It's refreshing. It it, it's refreshing on a hot summer day. Lemonade's refreshing. <laughs> drink lemonade. Like my dad. Like again. Like it's another thing that my dad and my brother always like like liked, but I never did. Oh, we so, got to We okay. got to talk about. I'm, I'm off. I'm yeah, off. we we got to talk a little bit because there. Uh, if anybody hasn't caught on yet, we we tend to watch the films while we talk about we them. We do, but I'm having issues right now with the connection. So well, I'm we, just going off my notes and the fact that I've watched this movie 17 <laughs> times in the last three days. So yeah, we just had Barbara Crampton's dance scene. So I, I had Barbara Crampton's uh, dance scene on my. What the hell? <laughs> she started, you know. So 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 she started off okay. Yeah. And then at some point, she just started 
like doing jazzercise or something. Like, <laughs> it, turned, doing, it turned into the Jane Fonda it, workout at it, some it, point. Yeah, like what are you doing? You're hopping all over the place. <laughs> and, and and hey, the guys, just like whatever. I don't care because I'm getting laid later. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's Barbara Crampton. You know, it's you know, I mean, who 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 doesn't want you? Let her do what she wants. Yeah, you I, let her. I've often hey. I've often like danced with people, and I don't know what the hell they're doing. If she wanted to, but if you're getting laid later who cares if she, if she wanted to murder puppies and bathe in their blood hey i'll just i'll just i'll overlook it <laughs> that 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 might be a, a bridge too far for me but okay i, I see where you're going with it so. <laughs> but yeah and uh and i do have to say that barbara crampton she she has a uh, a wonderful sense of humor about it i remember uh taking part in a uh twitter watch party uh where barbara crampton and kelly maroney were uh commenting and and chatting with with fans while we all watched the movie and barbara crampton actually as part of that watch party when it got to the part with her dancing she posted a short video of her recreating that dance in her Uh, living room (laughs) so she knows she knows she's aware (laughs) But who cares, right? Because, again, it's Barbara Crampton. She, uh, okay. Like, you know, in, in case anybody hasn't caught on, I'm, I'm gay. But <laughs> Barbara Crampton is stunning. I mean, she's absolutely gorgeous. And oh, yeah. She's now, now she's in her 60s, and she's still gorgeous. Yeah, she, she's still... She's still, uh, and, and the great thing is, you know, she's totally embraced cause she did soap operas and, and, and this stuff, but she totally embraced, um, her status as a scream queen and she's still out there still making horror films still and making good, oh, making good did horror you, films. Did you see Jacob's wife? Jacob's wife was amazing. Um, well, done, we watched Jacob. Did we watch Jacob's wife together? We, no, we didn't. We watched, um, I think we watched the the one of the newer Cthulhu mythos. Castle ones. Freak. We watched. Well, we the watched new, Castle Freak. The, the we new watched because she produced it, right? Right, and yeah. and she's still out there. Yeah, she's doing a lot of producing and starring in some of these films, and she's still killing it. Still killing it. Yeah. Still still she's, making good horror. She's a legend. She really uh, is. She's 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 an absolute legend. She's one of. Our favorites, obviously, but um, you, she's up there with you know your Jamie Lee Curtis and your Janet Lees and your and she's you never know, afraid your... to get weird. That's the other thing. She she totally goes for it. I mean, I look at the movies she's done. I mean, look at just the Stuart Gordon movies that she's done. Absolutely, absolutely. She 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 goes all in, and that's that's actually one of the things. Um, both her and Kelly Maroney are like that. Uh, because Kelly Maroney, she got cast in this because the girl who was originally cast for her part of, I think it's Allison, the main character, mm-hmm. uh, that girl had a problem with like the cussing and the sexual content in the movie. And right. Ke- and Kelly Maroney, like Jim Winorski, when that when that girl backed out, I think that was kind of the girl that like. Uh, the production company one because this was produced by uh, Roger Corman's company. And was his... it someone? Was it a name? Was it someone we know? No, no, I didn't. I didn't recognize the name 
okay. uh, myself. Okay. Um, I think she had gotcha. done she had done some movies here and there, but she never got to the level of Kelly Maroney or Barbara Crampton. Gotcha. And uh, Roger Corman's company produced it. His wife actually was the like on site producer, Julie Corman. And right. um, the, the and girl... they loved the movie, right? They oh, they absolutely I... loved it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely they were they were all in on this. They wanted to the the whole thing was they had a deal with Vestron. They had like a you know so many pictures, but part of the deal was Vestron was like you have to make a part of the contract was we want a movie in the in a mall, and it has right. to have robots. <laughs> that was the deal that was the deal it it, it has to be in a mall it has to have robots and so how else would you incorporate robot like so what would the other script be (laughs) how would you how would you so like all right so you got to take away the idea of killer robots in a shopping mall it's got to take place in a mall and it's got to incorporate robots how do you do it a new store. You almost have to make this movie. Yeah. This is the only way to go, right? Yeah. You have to make the robots killer robots or something, unless you make them heroes, and I don't know how you would do that. Yeah, yeah, it almost, yeah, it, it immediately is. Like, and I think I think what it is. It is wrote like, itself. As soon as they said that, it just wrote, the movie wrote itself. I think it's, you know, Vestron looking to capitalize on something that was going on at the time. At the time, you had a lot of stuff you would between Terminators and all these other movies coming out that was all about robots or androids or stuff like that. And like we said, Short Circuit came out in the same year. So obviously right. this was something Hollywood was trying to make money on. Um, sure. So Vestron, but it was like specific, like that was part of the contract. Yes, we'll help you produce this, this, and this, but we want a movie in a mall with robots. And it was coming to like the deadline of the contract. Like they were, they were like, oh, we got to make this movie. And yep. so Julie Corman is like, okay, we got to make this movie. And Jim Wynorski kind of worked with them, knew them. Um, he was a writer. He had written uh, some things. And uh, he basically said, she, she's like, I, I got to farm this out. I got to have somebody write a script of, in a mall with robots. And Jim Wynorski was like, well, I'll write it if you let me direct it. And Julian Roger Corman, you know, were like, yeah, okay. All right. Sure. And so Jim Wynorski got together um, with another writer and they wrote the script. I think they wrote the script in something like they came up with a story in one night, but then to actually write out the script, I think it took them like a week or something. But that, that makes sense though. Right. Cause it's right there. Okay. You gotta right. have the, yeah, yeah okay. you gotta have the robots be killing. Lo- I, again, again, we're talking about a movie that we absolutely adore, but it's not exactly like, you know, we're not talking Shakespeare here. We're not talking, you know. Yeah, yeah. Initially, stuff. initially they were thinking of something like uh, a Phantom of the Mall type movie, but with robots. Um, but then it just became Killbots. You know, <laughs> it was like we got to like like Robot Phantom. Well, it's like it, it somehow they were going to incorporate robots. Like maybe it was like a person. Like a puppet master of some sort controlling, controlling the robots, controlling the robots from down below with the mask on. Yeah, yeah, he was like somebody who, who wanted revenge, right? <laughs> wanted and revenge against the, the mall basement. who had wronged him, right? <laughs> so, um, yep. 
But the the one of the things that came out of that that I thought was actually kind of interesting was uh, Jim Wynorski had had made a couple of things, um, but Roger Corman, you know, Roger Corman's very careful with his money, and he's like, okay, Jim Wynorski, like he, okay, he's done a couple of things, but this is like he's gonna like helm this movie for me, and so Roger Corman took Jim Wynorski out to lunch. Got it, pulled a yellow legal pad out during lunch and wrote down for him everything that he needed to do to make the movie. Like, you know, oh and, and to make it like on their budget. And, um, and basically that became Jim Wynorski's template for how to make a movie. He still had, he, he said he still has the, the legal pad with Roger Corman's notes on it. And that's how he made every movie then from there on out was using the template that Roger Corman had set out. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, because well, hey, Roger not Corman a bad was idea, known right? for never going over budget. He always yeah. brought movies in on budget, no matter what. Well, not a bad idea. Um, but yeah, so it did okay at the theater, um, but it really took off when it hit VHS um, and apparently there was, uh, some, some talk, like a company was trying to get the rights to make, to do like a remake, but that never developed. It was, it was like kind of recent within the last like, um, 15, 10 to 15 years or so, but it never, never came together. You know, again, when you talk about remakes and bringing something fresh to the story, what, what fresh take would you have on Chopping Mall? <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like why would you remake chopping it's pretty much all on i the love chopping <laughs> it's it, it is what it is you know it kind of just is what it is it's like um i don't i don't know that like what what are you gonna give it to quentin tarantino and he's gonna do chopping mall and okay okay uh, i've Uma, seen chopping mall okay, we all okay, love chopping yeah. mall okay uh, <laughs> Uma Thurman is gonna be barefoot and she's gonna be running around all of the robots uh, have Uma okay. Thurman's feet, okay? Right, okay. <laughs> That's actually just us doing okay, a, an so impersonation just, uh, of Norm MacDonald doing an impersonation of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I miss Norm MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Norm MacDonald. He, he was the goat. Oh, you know what note I had? I know we're still going through production or whatever, but we can. No, that was it. That was it. That was all I. I oh, that was it. it short that was sweet. all you had. Yep. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Did you notice a cameo in a the movie? Cameo. We just had an episode. Oh, that's right. On... That's right. The guy that plays Joey. In Nightmare uh, on Street Part Three, has a cameo in this film. Is yep. in the opening. He has something stuffed under his shirt. Yeah, he's a shoplifter. He's like running. He's a shoplifter. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, Joey." Yep. So, oh, and, I, and I'm I, watching. I'm, cool. I'm watching. This is the lead up to uh, to Toothy Mike's uh, death scene. And like, let's let's stop and take have a little talk about Toothy Mike. This guy. Okay, he, let's talk about Toothy Mike. He he's, I mean, I I will say from a perspective of like making a movie, John Turleski at this time period in his life, he's the guy you want in in these movies. Like he has like uh, the attitude 
and he's got the swagger. He's 80s. He's, he's like he's, he's 80s he's, all the way. He's 80s all the way. He's 80s like Wall Street like alpha kind of 80s. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's it, you, if you like, made, you can put him in like Top Gun. You can put him in Wall Street. You can put him in you know stuff any like that. frat movie, a frat party movie, any frat movie. Absolutely, that's your man. Yeah, that John Turleski has is. it in spades. Absolutely, and 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 I um I kind of get a kick out of him, and I was disappointed. That's one of the disappointments of Chopping Mall is that I thought that he died too early. Oh yeah, he he's died the, first. Oh well, Dick Miller. Dick Miller. Well, you got oh, the tech. Dick Miller, no, you got the two techs. Then you got Dick Miller. Oh, oh yeah, right. And then yeah, you got right. John Turleski. I'm mad out of the group of right out of the kids. Artists. The kid, the quote unquote kids, because none of them are kids. Right. <laughs> right. Dick Miller had a fun. Had a fun. Oh yeah, uh, Dick. Dick Miller is the bad. Dick Miller is just. He's Dick Miller in it up. Yep. <laughs> he, he's, he's the same in every movie. He's the same. But that's but the I love magic. Him. That's the magic. Of, that's know. the Miller magic. Oh, yeah. The Miller magic. And yeah, and he's credited as Walter Paisley. He played Walter Paisley, I think, in something like seven films. He did oh, really? seven films where he, he had the same name. <laughs> Walter. Yeah. It, be, it became like he an looked- inside inside joke is that like the they would cast him in these movies and they'd be like we're gonna call you walter paisley <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> but yeah he's he, there he he's, looks like walter he's mopping up you know who knows what spilled chocolate milk maybe a little puke who knows and, oh okay okay so let's slow down this scene here what the hell is the other two janitors problem <laughs> <laughs> what crawled what up f- their seriously what crawled up their asses they are just so they just roll up they roll up on dick miller he's just doing his fucking job he's trying he wants to get off he's trying to get out of there and they're rolling up on him and they're laughing at him that he's going to be having to work late and stuff like that dick miller knows that if he leaves with that chocolate milk still sitting on that floor it's his ass because right. he's the responsible one. He's right. the one sticking around, making sure the job's done, while those right. two dipshits are cutting out to go have beers down at the local drinking hole. <laughs> two dipshit Denny's. <laughs> A couple of dipshit Denny's couple walking up on Dick Miller, Denny's. giving him the attitude, giving him the business. Motherfuckers. <laughs> so in the remake, what you do is you recast that role because Dick Miller's dead as like Ice Cube or something, and then have those two <laughs> motherfuckers try to roll up on him like that and see what happens. Slap him in the face with the puke mop. That's oh. what would happen. Oh, that's right. Oh, they're getting a beatdown. <laughs> but yeah, so Dick Miller he gets electrocuted. It's 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 great. He you know he cops attitude with a robot like the adi- like the robot cares <laughs> right away too. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I don't so I don't understand. So um well the lightning strike, I guess. They don't that's why they don't recognize the badges. Right, right. It it totally short circuits them. And I think there was there I almost feel like there had to have been a backstory on this that doesn't get seen. I have to imagine that these were <laughs> originally developed for military. This purposes. goes deeper. I think mm. I think there's got to be a deep cut of this. Go, chopping mall, chopping mall goes much deeper. There's a three hour cut <laughs> of this that was directed by a young Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, these that has been locked away for years. Yeah, <laughs> this goes much much deeper. 
these robots had to have been developed for military purposes, military or police or something. <laughs> and they've been re-outfitted to be mall security. And so when the lightning strikes, I can only imagine it's like when RoboCop grabs a hold of the breaker box outside the police precinct in Detroit and electrocutes yep. himself to reset his his core programming. The right. lightning strike, it resets them. They go out of general security mode into kill mode. And their friend or foe recognition is completely fried, and so the badges do shit. Right. right that's right. Right. That's my yeah. hot take. <laughs> nice, nice RoboCop reference, by the way. I haven't watched <laughs> that movie in a long time. Hey, another '80s film where it's fear of tech. It's fear of well, people that, getting well, consumed I by was, technology. I was just gonna say, what did did RoboCop? Because RoboCop came out when we were younger. So yeah, what were I, they, Robo... I don't remember what year RoboCop. I remember that the that the cars, the police cars that they drove were Ford Tauruses. So it had to have been somewhere around our teenage years that RoboCop came out. Is that right? I almost want to say I feel like it was an 87 or 88 movie. Oh, was it that early? Okay, maybe it was. Oh, so it was eighties. It wasn't early. I think. 90s, right? I think the first one came out in the late eighties. That's what. Oh I... yeah. Well, the Taurus. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's when the Tauruses came out. So, um, I don't know. That movie kind of scared me a little. When I well, I'll tell it. you what. When when Alex Murphy gets fucking uh, roasted by Red, when when him Red. And his red, th- red foreman, red foreman, red foreman, and his right. thugs take out uh, Alex red Murphy. Foreman. Oh, yeah, he calls red him foreman. a dumbass and blows his arms off. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> uh. Yeah, when 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 Alex Murphy uh, gets it in the beginning yeah. of that film, you did, that was tough to watch. I and only... actually, Red Foreman was was a little scary he was to a kid. yeah he was a bad dude in that movie yeah so when it's funny because and i know i'm we're not going to get into that 70s show or anything but you know <laughs> when he was cat well because i watched that show yeah um i didn't i didn't know hyde was going to be a you know whatever Rapist. but uh <laughs> well yeah yeah um but but uh when when kurtwood smith got that role i was kind of surprised and then I think he completely turned around his career um, because of that show. So because like he was mainly a bad guy in most of the things he was doing, right? I mean, yeah. And now yeah. he's he's flipped around and he's like the he's the sitcom dad. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's kind of once cool. people once people saw him as that kind of character. It yeah, it took it took all the uh, the edges off and made him he just a lovable curmudgeon. Right, right. I think this is starting to blend into a sci-fi slash horror episode <laughs> more than a chopping mall episode. Do we want to get back to chopping mall? Let's bring it back to chopping mall. Let's let's talk about uh, the, what what is my favorite shot of the whole uh, movie. The head explosion. The head explosion. Yeah, when. Yeah, when uh, Susie Slater, she goes out. <laughs> Susie Slater goes out looking for, and, and I'm just going to use her toothy real name. Mike. Toothy, to, uh, toothy Mike. John Terleski. Toothy, toothy Mike. Mike. It, 
Su- Susie Slater <laughs> goes out toothy, looking. Toothy Mike sounds like a little something different. <laughs> hey, we don't know. All what right, they were never doing. mind. We're not. We're not. We're not going. Down they there. were all up in the furniture store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they've just had a bunch of hot hot uh, furniture store sex in front of each other. Oh my god! And it's yeah, they're all <laughs> fucking in front of each other in a in a fully lit furniture store. <laughs> fully, yeah, and they have no problem. But you know what? When you're that young, you don't care. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I've I in college, you know, once or twice, I had people like just fucking. The well, same I don't want to. I don't want to spill any beans <laughs> on the podcast here about our former lives in high school. But you know, when we were young and we were having parties at Dave's and stuff like that, oh, we yeah. were all kind of yeah, shit hooking happened. up all in the yeah, shit so. happened. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so she goes out looking for Toothy Mike to see what's taking her so long <laughs> getting those getting those Virginia Slims. Virginia Slims, because she only she only smokes Virginia Slims, right? (laughs) And uh, she didn't think about that beforehand. I know, right? Like you knew you're gonna. So I'm sorry. Every party I ever went to when we were, you know, teenagers, the people who were gonna have sex knew they were gonna have sex. (laughs) So you bought your cigarettes before you got to the party. And hopefully you killed, you got toothy Mike killed early because you didn't plan ahead. That's right. That's right. So she goes out looking for him and she discovers Mike. She thinks he's, he's fucking around because, you know, I I think on some level, that's the classic horror movie trope though. I I think on some level, Mike's getting a little sick of her shit. And, and I, I think that this is, this is not a relationship that's going to go any distance. You know, he's he's there because she's, you know, she's oh, no, Slater. Yeah, but I don't I don't think so. I think as long as she has all that going on, he's he's because remember. So before he left to get the cigarettes. Oh, yeah. She yeah. She flashed. She him. said she said, hurry. And she you yeah, know, she, she flashed, flashed him the goodies and said, hurry back. And what did he do? He he, he was fawning all he, over. So he, yeah, I, he, chewed, he chewed his gum twice and said, yeah, no, uh, okay. she's in comp- She's in complete control of, of old Toothy Mike. No doubt. <laughs> but but so she discovers him dead, uh hidden, hidden. The 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 bots for some reason they hide him. They hide his body. Those damn lightning strikes. <laughs> and uh and then all of a sudden she's confronted with the kill bot and she takes off running and the kill bot that's the first time we see that they can shoot the laser beams out of their eye ports. Right. And uh, they're they're hitting. Well, the guy in the big be- the, the guy in the beginning says they have lasers. He does. He right? he says that they. Have, but you don't you don't see him till then. We and, never talked about that, by the way. But continue your point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go ahead. And what what I mean? Yeah, we're talking about chopping mall. So we are going to do. We're going to go a little in depth on this. That robot, that kill bot, is fucking uh-huh. with her because. It establishes by the end of the scene, it can blow your fucking head off, but it's hitting her with these little pity pat shots in the shoulder, in the butt. It's hitting her with these little shots that are, Ooh, ow, ow, ow. And she's like screaming and running. And then it's not until like confronted with like, she, she can't run anymore. It hurts too much. Her little legs are getting tired. And she turns around, she lets out that scream, and then 
boom, and it blasts her head clean off. Really, really well done. Oh, right? it's, it's, I, it's, I thought for 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 an '80s B movie, right? Because it's a B movie. Yeah. So I don't know what the budget. Did you say what the budget was? But I don't. I don't know what the. I think it was. You're talking like I think two hundred and fifty thousand dollars tops. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably not big. So you know, to to have that kind of um, effect, I think that head explosion. I thought that was really good. I thought. Oh it yeah, that well it done. ranks up there with the the head explosion in uh, Maniac Scanners. And scanners, it's just as effective. Just as effective. It is just as a, effective. Yeah, very much. Explosion. So. Yeah. Um, but then I will say, like right after, so her head explodes, and it cuts to the reaction of the kids standing in the furniture store window, and you get that Heinz Fifty Seven splatter. <laughs> that for some mm. reason, a stream of blood <laughs> hits the window. Yeah, in that, it, like, yeah, right. Yeah, it absolutely looks like someone's taking ketchup and. Just, and just trying to over. write their name in cursive. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, and then uh, it's not too long after that, you know, the the kids in the furniture store they realize some something's fucked up, things have gone wrong, and the the guys try to be the macho men. They're like, you you girls. Go through the vents, try to get out, you know, because they're locked in now. The security thing has locked them in for the night, yep. um, which total fire hazard. The fact that nobody can get out of that place if they need to. Yeah, absolutely. That's they never doing. foresaw that anybody might get stuck they, in the mall when oh, the timer oh, went oh, off. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so to go back, because I said uh, after you made that point, oh, I that's just wanted right. to say something because it ties into it. In the very beginning, you have uh, Dr. Hare. Um, <laughs> Huey Lewis. He looks like fucking Huey you Lewis. Got, you have Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis yeah, in the so news. Huey Lewis, Doctor Huey Lewis, because he's a doctor. Yeah, they're like they introduce him as doctor. He's credited he's as a like doctor. He's got long hair and a, yeah, he looks yeah. like a total sleaze ball. Yeah. He looks like a car salesman. Doc, Doctor Surfboard. And, <laughs> and right before, right before the credits, um, very cleverly, uh, he says that absolutely nothing can go wrong. Right. Right, and I'm, then it and then it says Concord, or then it, you know, then yeah. it opens up the movie. Yeah, yeah nothing can but go wrong fun. as long as they don't get overloaded electrically. <laughs> right, as long as, as long as they don't get yeah. As long as there's right. never a power surge, we'll be right. fine. <laughs> right. But yeah, so the and that's the whole plan is that that this mall now because they're so afraid of theft. There, which was another '80s, you know, '80s trope. You know, horror movies wanted to prey on what was going on at the time. Crime is up, you know, so they want to prevent. This is the Reagan era, baby. It's the Reagan era, which people take this movie. They, they, there's a lot of people that think this movie is like anti-capitalist, anti-Reagan, but I think they're reading Mm. a lot into it. (laughs) (laughs) But they, so the 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 killbots or the protector bots as they're called (laughs) the protector protector one scanning um they go they when they go into action the entire mall locks down these big metal doors come down and all the doors are completely closed you can't nobody can get in or out so the girls try to go through the vents the and that's when the guys go down to um oh shit what is it the sporting goods store peck and paws sporting goods (laughs) Right. So, so I, at first, like your first reaction, right, to this is like, there's no fucking way that you could just go into a sporting goods store 
and like just load up guns 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 and then i went Duh, of course you can. Yeah, it's like, 1986. <laughs> it's 1986, but I think you could probably do that today in some states, right? You could just, but don't they like you go to get your license in Texas and they give you a gun, right? They give well, you your not to get not to get too serious, but there was actually like um, a mass shooting that happened that way. A dude literally just walked into like a Walmart, went yeah. back. There was nobody manning the gun nope. desk back in the sure sporting enough. goods section. He just Why busted into one of the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Like with a hammer, I, yep. I think a hammer that he picked up from the hardware aisle, busted one of the cabinets open, grabbed a gun out, grabbed ammo off the shelf, and just started shooting everybody. Right. So, so I had that uh, that initial reaction, and I went, "No, of course, of course, yeah, of this course. is completely realistic. Absolutely, sure." But yes, yeah, so they 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 Rambo up. They literally and they literally mention that they're they're like, which is what's, great. What's yeah. the the line? Um, oh. And uh, and someone always has to get the handgun. Why is this? <laughs> someone so someone like so right. So like the uh, Russell Todd takes the M sixteen. Yeah. And then he gives the other guy the shotgun and then he gives yeah, no, Nick, Nick Siegel. Nick Siegel gets the shotgun and then Ferdy right. Ferdy, Ferdy gets, the, gets handgun. the handgun. The and not not just and not like a um a beretta well in nineteen eighty six a beretta. It's a you know, Smith and Wesson like it's a Smith Smith and Wesson revolver. It's a revolver. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, ah, sh- shit. Like, what? Really? And but, and the other thing is, they shoot. They shoot at the robots, like, the entire movie, and they don't make a dent. Oh, yeah. But they continue to shoot at the robots. And I'm like, why are you shooting at the robots? Yeah, bullets have zero effect. Zero effect. You got to start using your, your weapons smarter. Like, you got to do something like uh, like Hans does in, in Die Hard, where he's like, Shoot the glass, right? He shoots the glass, and <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got it. That was a smart use of your gun. Well, that is, they try to do that with the propane tanks. They grab the propane tanks from like, that's the camping true. Well, section. that's true. Well, one of my one of my notes, Kyle. <clears throat> kids are so smart, yet so dumb. <laughs> they they make a lot of so so in the they they make a lot of good decisions. Right. Right. They make a lot of good decisions. They, they, a lot of them, you know, they'll stick together. At least they're in groups, you know, so they, they stay in groups. Um, they have, you know, they try to have a plan. They go to the sporting goods store. They arm up. They, they do every, they do a lot of things that anybody would do in the situation that they're in. Right. Right. But what gets them killed is they're, I don't, well, I don't know if you would call it dumb or just, emotion right but but that's they, what happens right they're so smart so they're when 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 they're when they're faced with this situation they're they're making all these plans and they're they're actually uh, you know like making smart decisions and then one of the uh, like their significant others gets killed and they go and then they, they go lose nuts. all sort they, they, they just can completely lose their brain and then they get killed immediately well and i th- i think to be honest like it's one of those things where it's kind of it is goofy, but yet it is somewhat realistic. Like, okay, they've seen Susie Slater get like fucked up real bad, but it's right. one of those things where when something like that happens, your brain doesn't always want to register that I just fucking saw that shit. You know that that mm-hmm. that happened, but it's as they're going. You know they they make a plan that we're going to do this thing, and they're getting all the stuff together, and then 
it's sort of like as things go wrong, they crack. They bre- they start to break at the seams and and fall apart. But the only the mm-hmm. only two people, of course, that don't fall apart are Kelly Maroney's character and right. Ferdy. You know, because Ferdy's the other. You know, he's the he's, he's the, the love interest of the the heroine, really. Right, right. So they're they're the only two that don't totally crack up. You know, right. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and they're the two that weren't having sex. Of course, of course, they were just well, watching. Right? They were just it, watching another, a a Roger Corman well, horror movie. <laughs> another well, another horror movie trope, though. You know, the one the 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 ones that survive are the ones that don't have sex in the movie. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so and that's one of the the kind of. Uh, I read a thing where there a lot of people really do love this movie because of the fact that the the trapped teens and twenty somethings fight back. They don't just run around screaming, getting chased by killbots the whole night. They actually try to fight back and do something. But but what makes it that's what makes it more of an action movie though. True. So then you're then you're saying that you prefer more of an action movie because they could have made it where you know they they were just trying to get away they could have made it more like a texas chainsaw where it's like they're just trying to survive the night but they wrote it to make it more of an action movie where they actually go to the sporting goods store they they die hard you know they do the whole die hard thing and they you know they so well and to be honest i think that that part that part of the movie is a little bit of a nod to movies like Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, you know, stuff like that. It's like, you know, uh, and, and I know, like, uh, some of the things I saw... Why, because it's cinema? Well, but Jim Wynorski, like, he said, like, that was that was one of the things, like, he, you know, he loves Night of the Living Dead, he, you know, George Romero, all those movies. And so that, he wanted to, he kind of wanted to craft a movie that was like that. Like, okay, we're going to actually see these characters try to actively survive. You right. know? And, uh... But, and that, um... I'm sorry. I, I wanted to because there's a lot of horror movie tropes in this in this yeah. movie. Yeah. So one of the notes I had was that um, once again, once again, all you need to fix a car broken down on the side of the road is a screwdriver. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's one of the goofiest moments of the movie. So why ever take your car to a mechanic? You don't need it. You don't need to take your car to a mechanic ever. Because if your car ever breaks down, all you need is a screwdriver. You rattle it around <laughs> in the engine while the person starts the car, and it starts right up. You well, make a fun- snarky co- you make a snarky comment, and then you, you rattle around the screwdriver, and then the car starts. Well, and the funny part is she she is also a mechanic, <laughs> so it means your mechanic has been lying and bilking you for money. Yeah, well, exactly. All they yeah. need is a screwdriver. Yeah. Right, but it happens. It happens so often in horror movies, right? Yeah. The car is broken down, or any. It, it's not even horror movies. This is movies in general. You know that they. Why? So I'm not a mechanic. I have a general automotive knowledge, but maybe you know better. I don't know. Maybe there is something to that, but it can't be every time. A car breaks down because it might be the alternator. If the alternator shot, you can't just rattle around a screwdriver 
and, oh, and yeah. start the car. You know I what I mean? I don't but think there's like anything every that can be time in a horror way. movie that the car breaks down, they just rattle around the screwdriver and the car starts again. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving on. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just thought that was silly. But uh, the part, the part that's on right now, it's uh, we're, I'm watching the the death of Nick Siegel's character. But right before this, they have this moment, and I guess we can get into this. We're talking about them fighting back and making these plans, and then the plans go wrong. Um, right. So Barbara Crampton in this film, she she plays a character that's a little not that not so much that Barbara Crampton as a type. I think I think we've seen over the years. Uh, she has quite a bit of range with what she can do. Um, Definitely. But at this time period, you know, you would have expected Barbara Crampton to be, um, you know, it, it is a toss up. You've got Kelly Maroney and Barbara Crampton. Either of them are, you know, final girl material. And mm-hmm. they actually have Barbara Crampton play a little bit against type in that respect. She plays the girl who, like, just kind of like spazzes out and loses it. Like she, yeah, right, right. She can't take it. She can't take right from the beginning. Right, she from, panics. She's the she's the one in the group that panics. She panics. Yep. Like when they're doing their plan for them to get out through the girls are going to go out through the vents and try and find a way out. She is like, no, I I think he needs me. I I feel like he needs me, and I don't want to be here. And you know, and all this right. kind of well, stuff. Well, it's also it's also super hot in the vent. Right. Like it's like they're they're they can't put their bare hands on the bottom. Yeah, they're they crawling to, on their elbows. Like Kelly Kelly, and... Mur- Kelly Maroney had to pull. She's like, pull your sleeves up, you know, just to put your hands down so you can crawl. Yeah. And so, but she pan like she completely panics. She yep. completely panics. She like is like I'm getting out of here, and she busts out of the vents, yep. and they the other girls have to follow her. And yep. so then they create this like alternate plan. Okay, we're gonna try and blow them up. We're gonna try and set them on fire. We're gonna try and do these other things. And unfortunately, they give Barbara Crampton a crucial role in part of that plan. She is mm. the one that has to. Uh, set the the gasoline trap, <laughs> right? <laughs> For right, one of the right. one of the killbots, and yep. uh, she she's not uh, not doing so good, no, and so she no. fucks it up really bad. That and, was poor planning. Yeah, and she she gets set on fire, and so this is actually a movie where you don't you might not normally expect to see like a good uh, like a good stuntman you know burn effect. Um, but they, Barbara Crampton, her character, unfortunately gets lit on fire. She burns alive. Mm, <laughs> and that's yeah, what I does. say. That's what I say. They it's did, a, they, they did her dirty in this. <laughs> she, she, got, I, I had the note, Barbara Crampton's awful death. Like it was awful. Like <laughs> she's she, screaming. She's oh like her hands and legs. Oh, she's beating the, the floor and screaming. That's a big fear. That's a big fear of like, you know, getting like if you're in a house fire or whatever and, and catching on fire and dying that way. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a terrible way to die. Yeah. If you had the choice between Susie Slater's death or Barbara Crampton's death. Susie Slater's yeah. death. You're, that's instant. You're just like one day you're like, hey, the next day you're like dead. Yeah. You're just it's instant. Yeah. But but the 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 really so you watch that horrible thing happen, right? And like we were talking about, they, every time somebody dies, somebody unravels, uh, you know. Yeah. And sure. you get this scene that happens afterwards where they've all like now found like kind of a place to hide for a minute. 
And this is where Nick Siegel apparently forgets what movie he's in. <laughs> and, he, and he goes full blown. I'm in a, I'm in a New York Broadway drama piece. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why didn't you stay in the vents? <laughs> you were safe I'm in the vents. I'm just saying you should have stayed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's like, yeah, and he's like pointing a gun at Ferdy, you know, like, what are yeah. you going to do about it? <laughs> like, he gets yeah. so serious. Just shut up. Just shut up, man. <laughs> and he's pointing a shotgun at him. It's like, dude. Yeah, so Nick Nick Siegel had like his for your consideration, uh, you know, Academy moment, (laughs) and it just it cracks me up every time I watch the movie. I'm like, this guy just forgot what movie he was in. (laughs) He thought he thought I'm giving it everything in this scene. (laughs) You got to make the most of your opportunities, Kyle. But, uh, you know, and then we, we find out they think they're safe again. They've lowered, they've lowered a, uh, a fire door, you know, or an anti-theft door in one of the shops. And that's when we figure out that the Killbots, uh, a la Iron Man, can just burn their way with a laser beam right through that, that metal sure. door. Well, you, but you, you kind of figured that, right? I mean, well, yeah, if these you things, know anything these about robot everything. movies, they all have lasers that can burn through metal. Yeah, these things can do everything. And the the killbots for anybody that hasn't seen this movie that might be listening to this, uh, these killbots we're describing them as if they're, um, you know, sort of like the uh, Ed two hundred nines from RoboCop. These like big, like scary <laughs> pieces of equipment. No, they're short. They're like four feet high. They're short, um, squat little things. They, they look like they. They look a little, their body looks more like Johnny Five, but then the head is more like Knight Rider. Right. They got a bit of a Knight Rider esque feel, a bit, a bit of a, you know, almost like that kind of design that you'd see on like Robbie the Robot or something like from an older type film. Robbie the Robot? Yeah. You know, like, you know, just the idea. Oh, oh you know what it actually reminds me of? Do you remember in, uh, what was it? Rambo. Or not Rambo, Rocky. Rocky was it part two where he had the Rocky robot? B. Was it... no Rocky four. Rocky four. Rocky four because he's rich at that point. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so think of that robot from Rocky four, and then that's just exactly shrink it, it by three shrink feet. It, well, yeah, just I, <laughs> wow, you are dead on. Uh huh. That's that's yep. what it looks and like. Paul, Polly thought the robot had a crush on him. That's right, because yeah, they gave it a female voice so it could talk sexy to Polly. That's right. <laughs> but so uh, they're kind of hilarious because, like, they're—I mean, obviously they're terrified of these things because they're killing everybody. But they—they <laughs> they don't yeah. look terrifying. They—they they look like quaint little like toys. They—they're the arms are actually made from like the adjustable lamp like the spring operated just right. to blow a lamp uh, right. legs and stuff. And they've got the, the, the claws are like the little uh, grabbers the that grabbers, used to get at KB toys. Sure. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the little robot grabbers. Well, and, uh, all the budget went into the head explosion. So, well, yeah. And apparently they, they built five of them. Um, they built five of them, but I think only, only two could move one. One was remote controlled. 
the other was wire controlled. Like you remember when you were a kid and you know you're some oh, some wire controlled. Some kid at school worst. some no. kid at school got the cool RC car and you asked yeah. for the cool RC car for Christmas. And it's attached by the wire. <laughs> it's got a wire oh, from the remote to the car. God. Do you remember when I was a kid I had like two of those? All I wanted the one Christmas was an RC remote controlled car. And God love my mom. She really wanted to like, you know, but the RC cars were super fucking expensive because that, that remote control yeah, yeah, shit the, was the new. The wire cars were the Bobo cars. Yeah. Those were the Bobo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yep. so the no, one that, year for, yeah. for Christmas, I got two, two of the wired I lo- vehicles. I love your mom, but she cheaped out. <laughs> So yeah, so they had one that was uh, wire controlled, and then there yep. were three that were just like there for like s- quick still shots, or they could be moved manually. Like if they just needed the robot to kind of like turn to look somewhere else, like it would just be a guy off camera just rotating it with his hands, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but the, they did have like they kind of uh, did a mix. They they created like these um like tank tread style things for it but they actually used like underneath all that was like the motor and everything from like a motorized wheelchair <laughs> oh. it was just to make it look like it you know could do all that shit yeah. um but yeah i mean they these these were not scary at all like god i love the movie but these <laughs> these killbots do not invoke no, fear it's... so if you're if you know if if, if it's a dark and stormy night and you're looking for a spooky scary movie this isn't the movie for you this this that that's not chopping mall chopping mall is that just um oh how do i describe it it's just a fun movie it's a super fun movie um it's got it has all the charm in the world it, it you know you we talk about likable characters i love toothy mike yeah toothy mike makes me laugh and I, you know, I, well, I don't like, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Nick, uh, Nick Siegel is that was Jesus. Somebody had a what was motorcycle. That? Yeah. N- yeah. Nick uh, Siegel. Nick his Siegel, character is a little too he's serious. He's kind of annoying. <laughs> right. But, but perfectly captures like that douchey eighties, like, you know, uh, um, Oh yeah. F- Furry. Red. Fuck the fuchsia. <laughs> like yuppie. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. He's so, like, come um, on. But and then Barbara Crampton and Kelly Maroney and and Dick Miller and, and all the uh, every everybody in the movie is likable. Yeah, um, it's it's in a mall, so it's it's nostalgic. Hmm, a lot of fun. It's nostalgic, and uh, it's 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 got action. Uh, you know, it's got a lot going on with it. It's got some cool special effects to it. Um, it's a very it's just a very charming movie. It, it, it's, it's a very fun. Uh, movie to watch it just it's it's only what it's it's 86 minutes is, is that what it yeah, is yeah it's like yeah it's, it's, it's very it's short short but it's all yeah. action that was one thing because jim Winorski, it's all action it there never is stops. no letdown nope never stops it lets on from from the very beginning to the very end yep it's it's great i did just notice something great uh i'm watching a scene here ferdy ferdy gets knocked out you think he's dead but he gets knocked out 
But while he's like taking That's shots, That's quite a bit of blood that came out of his head. Oh yeah, no? he, t- he took a bit of a he took a bit of a scrape. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but but what I mean is, and I don't want to. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but so so the what? How does he fall? Like he falls right or, or whatever? Yeah, and, it, I think it it like shocks him or something, and he falls down. Right, and, and he hits falls and he hits his head. So he hits his head, and there's quite a bit of blood that comes out. Yeah. And so, but when he's a bleeder, he's a a bleeder at the end of the movie, he, you know, Kelly Maroney's, you know, limping back, you know, and she looks up and she sees that he's alive and he, he like somehow got a hold of a a, a roll of toilet paper and he used that to soak up the blood, (laughs) but he's like smiling and like waving and I'm like, I'm okay. Okay. Right. Well, right. Like, it's not like, okay, even if you like, great, you survived, but you're hurt. No, you're not smiling and waving. Right. right? You're not, you're not chipper and bouncing down the stairs to give Kelly Maroney a hug. You're like, I need medical attention. Please call an ambulance. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I at least need stitches. (laughs) So, but where, what I was going to say about Ferdy was that I noticed that his uh his khakis his chinos or whatever he's wearing they are an inch off the top of the shoe <laughs> he's like full visible white socks in those things but, but that style has come back now yeah it's a little bit of it kind of feels like a throwback it feels like you know like he almost is dressed a little bit like you know somebody from like the 50s like you get a feel that feeling of his outfit but if you if you look at like um, catalogs and stuff for men's fashion, a lot of times you'll see they, they because I don't know what it is. I think now they're like socks are more stylish or whatever. So yeah, they want to show them off. them off. Yeah. And they want to show off the shoe. So they don't want the they don't want the pants to come over like the top of the shoe. They want to show the entire shoe. And um, I think that's a big deal now. So that's kind of like uh, it, that that style. That Ferdy is wearing is actually more in style now. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and speaking of clothing, uh, Kelly Maroney, um, very famously, always makes fun and a of sweater. Always, yeah. well, she always makes fun of the fact that she she runs around for the entire movie with with a giant camel toe. <laughs> she, like the pants are oh the that the, the um, so tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like kind of like mom jeans. Yeah, you know, the you know. Yeah. So. Every time, every time the movie comes up, that's the first comment I see her make is like, "Oh, me and my giant camel toe." What do they call? What do they call it? It's like a vajumic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I'm, I'm, it's coming to the end here. Uh, Kelly Maroney is facing off against the the last uh, killbot, and they show yep. it. And they, it's sh- they show a shot. Pretty clever. She, yeah, she actually goes to hide in a pet store momentarily and they 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 specifically focus on it because it's roger's little shop of pets which was a nod to roger corman and the little shop of horrors that was uh, one of his early films oh and poor poor kelly maroney i mean she had the or unless i don't know maybe it was a stunt person but i think you see her where the the, the tarantula the, the spiders are crawling on yeah the spiders are crawling the, all over the, the snakes the snakes are out, get the out snakes are yeah. yeah yeah it it always reminds me i always think of uh uh peewee peewee's big adventure where he goes running in and out of the pet store <laughs> he comes out ah! the hand 
<laughs> two handfuls of snakes. Snakes, yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Paul Rubens. Yeah, yeah. That's so that is sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way to bring down the podcast, guys. Sorry, sorry, man. Sorry. Good job. <laughs> oh, you know what else I had written down? What? There's going to be a lot of glass to clean up. <laughs> yeah, the cleanup after. There, there might be more broken glass. The only thing I can think of in a movie that has more broken glass is Die Hard. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, you know who's going to have to clean it up? The two dipshit Denny's. Well, not Dick Miller. Yeah, two dipshit Denny's. Yeah, <laughs> that were exactly. laughing at him. They don't have Dick Miller to kick around anymore. He, they're going to be trying to get the get the blood out of those carpets. <laughs> That's right. But every it was just it's so funny. It's like how many times did they break you know a storefront window? Oh yeah, Kelly Maroney. Movie. It was she, like it was like it was like six different times. Like Russell Todd did it. Kelly Maroney did it. The 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 robots did it. Like everybody's just breaking windows. Yeah, Kelly it's, Maroney. It's when, when she goes to, uh, she gets her whole big plan. Like she sees the paint shop, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be like a um, generic Sherwin Williams. <laughs> she she sees the paint store and she's thinking like, well, they have Charmin Billy's. Yeah. She's like, well, they have like, there's, there's chemicals in the paints that are flammable. They've got all the uh, paint thinners and she hatches this big plan to blow up the paint store and she starts throwing paint everywhere. But to get in, she literally just like puts her arms up in front of her head and bum rushes the window and busts through the window. And then she breaks that whole window, right? Right. But the robot doesn't go into the busted window. He busts another window. <laughs> That's right. He, he goes to the window right next to the other busted window. These ro- I think they I don't know. Did they like in production did they, they were like, We got all this extra like glass. I don't know what we're gonna do with it. <laughs> Yeah, we got all this. We got all this sugar glass. <laughs> right, right. That's what it's called, right? Sugar glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, uh, Jimmy made like, I don't know, like eighty windows <laughs> out of the sugar glass. <laughs> I wanted eight windows. Afangu. <laughs> <laughs> What are you? What are you? Do, what are you doing all day? I'm what making. Are you the, doing? I'm making all these sugar windows. I'm making, I'm making these sugar windows. Why? What do you think? When do you think we can use all this? <laughs> I can't tell you nothing. <laughs> Is this what you've been doing all day? All day? <laughs> you didn't stop to think maybe you should ask somebody if you should keep making these. You, you, you even got to like sixty, and you were like, oh, "I bet I kept keep going." <laughs> you, he mixed up so much. He's like, "I bet I could get twenty more out of this." <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it's a, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of the amount of, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, the, all the action that they put into it, like it's, it's pretty great. Like the, the, the shot of the, the killbot like burning in the paint store. It, ha- it has like a weird kind of artistic feel to it like you see it's like heads cocked to like the one side and the arms up and the flames are just yep. coming up behind it silhouetting it yeah it's uh yeah there's there's some really good stuff going on in the movie it's definitely a movie that that is worth the watch 
Yeah, Ferdy and his blood-soaked teepee roll. <laughs> I just wonder. I wonder why this movie isn't more popular. I, to be honest, to be honest, does I think it feel? Does it feel cheap? I think it's the Killbots. <laughs> ah. I think if the Killbots were just slightly better, if they actually looked a little more lethal. Okay. Maybe you can remake this movie then. Wait, but, but would it take away from the charm of the movie though? See if they re- is, is the fact is the fact that they look like just like a bunch of toasters on wheels, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Does it does does that add to the charm, right? Because it kind of adds to the charm of the movie. I mean, yeah. I mean, for for how how can you remake it now? Because nobody goes to a mall. Well, that's the thing. It would have to be like a throwback type movie. I mean, you know, you'd get people, people who are into stranger things, you know, like the eighties, the eighties are a good throwback era right now, especially for horror. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd have, it would be, it would be really tough. I think, I think today's Hollywood would be a little too tempted to go overboard on the kill bots. I think they could be improved upon, but I think that the problem is, the producers, the studio executives that are running around right now, they would want some huge, you know, they'd be CGI or some shit. And it would, <laughs> yeah. it would look They'd so, be this giant security robot. Yeah. There. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. I think that's yep. the only danger. You'd, if you got the right uh, people who under, who get it and understand it and they're like, okay, we can make them better. But we have to keep the same kind of overall feeling of you would you would need you would you would need yeah you would need a production company that understands that so you would need someone like you know I I don't know like someone I'm trying to think of a famous like production company or something like that that would actually kind of get that like like a Seth Rogen led kind of production company or something like that where a younger you know film aficionado kind of someone more like us that would kevin smith you know something something like that yeah that would like it's like i i love blumhouse but i i feel like blumhouse would try too hard you know i think they would go a little (sighs) too over the top with it blumhouse is a whole nother episode (laughs) they 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 make great and they make really not great <laughs> it goes it goes it's like either They're, either it's really good or it's right really not good. well i i appreciate you know i i actually you know um because horror goes through phases and stuff and sometimes it's on it's because ultimately horror is always been thought of as kind of low on the spectrum of movies you know it's drama it's all about the drama and stuff like that and and I appreciate guys like Jason Blum that keep, kind of keep that horror, uh, and his vice president Ryan Turek, uh, they, they keep that the quality horror alive. Yeah, you know, they I I really think, and and I I know that they have their misses, and I don't want to go off on a rant on Blumhouse, but you know, they have their misses, but I really think the intent is there, and so they produce more good than bad. Yeah, to to be honest, I think um, even though 
you know, somebody like Jordan Peele, he's now thought of as like, you know, he's known for like thinking horror and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and and, you know, what they would consider elevated, the quote unquote elevated horror. But I think if you gave Chopping Mall to Jordan Peele, Awesome. I think he I would think kill he would it. get it. I yeah, think you know he what? Gets you it. know what, Kyle? You you nailed it. That's it. Jordan Peele. I I just watched because I just watched. I went on like a. Uh, I wanted to tell you this too. I might as well tell you on the podcast. I, I I so I got into a kind of a Jordan Peele kick. I watched Nope, uh, which was awesome. I like I, I like Nope better than Get Out. Straight up. I I yeah I love Nope. Um, and then I went and watched the remake of Candyman and you know what? Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. I like the, don't kill. I'll go back and watch it again, but I'm pretty confident in making the statement that I kind of think I like the remake almost better than I like the original. Well, and well, tech and technically it's not really a remake because the ending of, the, the it's a sequel can- it's really a sequel it's a sequel yeah. um but yeah i mean that's 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 fine that's respectable i i i just think he did some, wow he knocked it out of the park oh yeah. my goodness well and that's the thing i think i think that and, I, and i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a pretty a pretty dangerous statement here I think that Hollywood <laughs> Ooh, dangerous Hollywood wants to think that Jordan Peele does quote-unquote elevated horror but i don't think Mm. that's what jordan peele probably thinks he's doing like jordan peele i think just wants to make scary stories but it's smart it's smart like like get out was probably the one that had the most subtext built into it he really was Mm. making like a a big statement with get out um, it's the Candyman, Candyman too. I mean, yeah. you know, but that, but that, that was already built in. I mean, that was yeah. kind of built in the original. Anyway. But I mean, you know, you watch, you watch Nope, and I mean, he, they, he touches on because all good horror has some kind of meaningful subtext underneath, whether sure. or not the right. audience always recognizes it or not. Yep. But, but Jordan Peele, I think he really just wants to make good horror movies that that scare people. And, and I think, to be honest, I think that that's something that's we're going to eventually see from him is going to be just a, a wacky, gross-out, you know, horror at some point. Oh, yeah, he's not going to he's not going to keep doing the same stuff like he's going to he I'm sure he's got a ton of ideas. Yeah, because he is a just... giant horror movie fan like he he is a giant yeah. fan. And yeah. so I yeah. think at some point he's going to have to make. It, it probably will not be a remake of Chopping Mall, even though it should. But he's probably oh, going wow. to at some point make Jordan something Peele's, like Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. You know, oh. I think at some point he's going to make something like that because at some point, like he already in his work tries to find points of comedy because that's where he's coming starts from is from being a comedian. Sure. Um, so he finds those moments, those points of comedy, those points that kind of make you laugh, even when they disturb you and things like that. And I think that especially with Nope, he really plays around with that. He really plays around with like being able to bring like a moment of lightness, even in a moment of like, where you're like, Oh, what the fuck is that? Um, 
But I think at some point he's going to want to meld those two worlds and make something that is is as humorous, not in a not in a mocking way, not in a sarcastic way, something that is as humorous as it is funny or as it is scary, you know. Right. But it would be yeah, yeah, it'd be great if he took something like Chopping Mall on and Chopping Mall is um, it, it's it stands out because it actually has some some pretty decent effects. It, it has some some summer summer okay. I mean you know uh, Toothy Mike with the neck slit thing. It's it's kind of I goofy. wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say that the kills are great. Except for Susie like Slater's. <laughs> Except for the head explosion. But I wouldn't say that. Well, and Barbara Crampton. Bar- Barbara Crampton's kind of awful. You know? <laughs> but but um, Russell Todd kind of goes quick. Dick Miller goes quick. Yeah, we didn't talk about um, Russell Todd, how, how Russell Todd bites it. Well, again, he loses. He, he sees his girlfriend get killed. And well, it's his wife. That's his, his wife. In, in or, the... his, or his wife. Sorry. So um, he sees her get uh, killed and he, again, he's so smart through the whole movie. He's like completely together. He's got everything together. He's making the plans. He's, he's, he's the leader. He's almost the leader through most of this movie. Oh yeah. It's just that Ferdy becomes the guy that survives at the end, but it's really Russell Todd is kind of the leader. Yeah, He's the guy that's like, and Oh, we got to go get guns and we got to, yeah. Is our and plan. he's breaking up the fight between Nick Siegel and yeah. Ferdy. And he's like, he's the one who's taken charge and he's great the whole movie. And then he just, he sees his girlfriend and, get killed and instantaneously. And how does, runs out. how does he, how does he, try to well how does he he takes out one of the kill bots he, he basically does like a sacrifice kamikaze thing but how yeah. does he do it brad do you remember how how he hops in like a golf cart like one of those oh, like the service golf cart, carts right, yeah. it's like right, a service yeah. cart that like the janitors or like the you know maintenance right. crews or whatever would use he hops right. into that and drives it all of 12 feet Right. <laughs> apparently gets top speed at 12 feet and yeah. drives it into the kill bot and and yeah. by doing so because the kill bot is putting out like an electrical field right and so he kills the kill bot but get, gets electrocuted by the it's, it, electrical it, but it's field. too many it's too many electrocutions they they, they already did it with dick miller they're yeah. trying to like you know, and and Nick Siegel like got pushed off. The, he gets thrown the off the third the, the third uh, balcony. They have yeah. like a third floor uh, in the mall. I don't know. Like uh, you know, I guess there's only so many ways a robot can kill you. I don't know. You know, it, there's it, like it Michael, My- Michael Myers little... and I'm just used to with the big three with Freddie and Jason and Michael. You're used to more creative stuff. Like you're not getting like hey. Like Nightmare Three, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Arms coming out of a TV, and you know, welcome to prime time, bitch. And you know, you're not getting those kind of fun kills. So I think the the kills weren't great, but there's again, we you know, it's nostalgic because it takes place in the mall. Yeah. Um, it the 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 music in it is very synth eighties. Oh so yeah, again, they you're, wanted you're to make it sound robotic. Right, exactly. Um, and you have uh, likable uh, actors. That we yeah, we that's... talk about it all the time. And I think, you know what? That is probably what drives 
a lot of this and why it is so charming is because I think the actors actually did a pretty good job. Yeah, they, you, you get enough of their characters in the beginning. They're, he, right. they're able to, to give you, in just the few scenes that Jim Wynorski focuses on with them, like the, the three guys working in the furniture store, you get a scene with just them just bullshitting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the end of the day. They're just counting the minutes till they can close the store and they're just shooting the shit with each other. They're both Ferdy's not sure he wants to stay for the party. They're trying to talk him into it. They're like, Oh, you know, uh, it's building their characters all all in one conversation. Right. So, you know who everybody is. is right. Ferdy's the responsible one. So you can right? if you're a horror movie fan, you go, that guy's going to (laughs) survive. That guy's going (laughs) to die. Right, because of the conversation that, that they're guy having. chews so, a lot of gum. Right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he chews Mike. gum through the whole movie. Toothy Mike never is without gum. He's always smacking yeah. that gum in the corner of his mouth that gives him oh, that shitty right. smirk the entire time. That's right, and and um, for anybody out there that chews gum, uh, chew gum and look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> I, I, that's why I don't chew gum anymore. <laughs> I, I caught a glimpse of myself chewing gum and it is obnoxious. <laughs> but, uh, it, well, and, and one thing we didn't talk about was when you first meet, uh, Barbara Crampton and Kelly Maroney's characters, they are waitresses. Mm-hmm. Every, every mall had the pizza place. Yeah, but it wasn't really a pizza place. It was a restaurant. It was, it was more like an Italian restaurant. It was like an Italian, it was an Italian restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. It was an Italian restaurant. And they're waitresses at the restaurant. And <laughs> can we talk about the the cook? The, the, ba- the cook, yeah, sure. And he wipes the spatula on his shirt. And he just has shit. Just shit. <laughs> he just, all over he his apron. Well, he keeps wiping like his utensils on his shirt. It his, looks uh, like he, he... It literally looks... Like he went and wiped his ass with his apron and then put well, it back on. It's the uh, it's the uh, Mel character from was Alice's Diner or whatever that 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 old TV show. Yeah, remember? Alice. Mel, Alice. Mel's Alice, Alice, which was based on the movie. Right. There was a movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's that. It's, it's that kind of you know style. Short order. You know. Yeah. But, he's smoking. But it's, it's a restaurant. He's a but he's, yeah. He's, yeah. Nineteen eighty six. And and that's the thing. You'd be like, oh, there's no way that's possible. 1986. Yeah, yeah, 1986 it was. And then, yep. and then uh, Kelly Maroney. There were some ashes on your pizza in 1986. <laughs> and then Kelly Maroney has the one customer who's just a fucking whale. And oh, and he's, he's just dripping, ordering everything on the menu. He's dripping cheese sauce and shit down his fucking polo shirt. And, you know, and he's like, can I get more of this? But, but he's he's like pushy. He's yeah. like, an, you know, he's, you know. And and it's the most yeah. ridiculous little setup, you know. Yeah. But it establishes but, Barbara Crampton and Kelly Maroney, you know, yeah. and they're and they're it bonds. It actually it bonds them. It shows in this how together. good how tight they are, what good friends right. they are. You right, know. they got each other's back. You know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know. So you and, get and these. Yeah, you get these little the, vignettes. The actors are charming. Yeah, the actors are charming. You know, they 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 do a good job. Like I get that the 
you know, there's a way that you set these things up with dialogue and writing and everything. But I just, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, Kelly Maroney and Barbara Crampton and Tony O'Dell and Russell Todd, you know, they're they're all I like Russell. Russell Todd was in he's in my favorite Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, it, uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, um, and, we, and we we talk about this and, and anybody that listens to this podcast, they're they're going to hear this a lot. Uh, our advice, even though we are not Hollywood writers, even though we are we're we've never directed a horror movie that went anywhere <laughs> even, even, or got completed. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, we're not, quote unquote, professionals in the biz. I'm telling you. If you make the characters likable and relatable, and if you show that that they have, like, if it looks like they have real relationships, mm-hmm. we're going to root for them and want to see them survive. And the, and when they get killed, when they invariably die, we're going to be mm-hmm. more affected by it and more invested in your movie. If right. you make your characters stupid, vapid, annoying. Uh, pieces of shit fucking tina <laughs> yeah if if you if you make them if you make them dicks and they're if they're if it's just a crew of dicks and assholes and there's only one person you like we're gonna be rooting for the fucking killbots. right <laughs> we're gonna want the right. killbots you don't, to win. you don't absolutely you don't root for the killbots at all right in this movie you're you're rooting for the characters you want the characters to live right and that was really good casting yeah, that really yeah. was, and that's and that's the thing, you know. The reason the reason the reason a movie like Chopping Mall becomes beloved and has a cult following at its core is because of that. Absolutely, yeah, sure. Because there were tons of movies made in the '90s where the pattern was always just have them all be fucking drunken dicks, right? And nobody remembers most of those fucking movies. Those fucking movies right. don't get replayed anywhere. They don't make it on Joe Bob. You know, they you don't see them. They disappear. Right. They fade right. into the. You know, maybe maybe you find them on Amazon Prime. Maybe you can track them down right. and, rent, and rent them for two dollars. <laughs> right. Well, you talk about it all the time. It's it's you know when you write the characters to be killed. No one's no one's invested. Yeah. You got to write the characters. And then have someone try to kill them. Right. Right. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, like I said, you know, nobody, nobody likes written to be killed. You right. Know? And th- there, there is, I will say, I will say there's a place for that, but the, it's in movies that recognize that that's what they're going for. Like the hatchet franchise. The Hatchet mm. franchise winks oh, wow. at you and says, "Yes, they're all gonna die, and I'm gonna right. show you crazy fucking shit right now of how right. he kill how Victor Crowley's gonna kill them, and yes, you're gonna want Victor Crowley to kill them. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna cheer. You're gonna cheer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah. that's the thing. He winks at you with the with those movies. That's a that's a mm-hmm. wink and a nod. This is what the movie is about. It's about these shitty fucking people who you cannot wait to see how Victor Crowley does them in. But right. that's the magic of that franchise. That's why people right. go to that franchise for that. But if you're making a horror movie that you want people to 
if if I look if I watch the movie and I can tell you're trying to make like just a good horror movie where I get invested and I get horrified by what happens and all that kind of stuff, but then you populate it with useless fuckers. <laughs> you know, who who do nothing but berate each other and act like dipshits and mm-hmm. you know, nobody makes good choices, nobody nobody interrelates yeah. well. Well then Well you gotta you just said like you have to make the characters relatable. Yeah. You have to relate to them because the horror lies in the fact that it could also happen to you. Yeah. If you yeah. want me to be and, scared and relate to these people. If you want me to be scared, I have to like those people. Right. That makes yeah. it scary because I don't want right. them to die and, then. Right. And and it's you talked about it when we did the uh, Curse of Michael Myers episode in the mom. You know, the uh, uh, Kara's mom in the oh, man. It, all she does is try to hold everything together. And, and she's this huge, sympathetic character. Oh, and yeah. then and she and she and she just dies this horrible death and you feel it. And that's that's what makes a great horror movie, too, is is um, you you have to make the audience feel this range of emotions. And the more invested in the characters that, that they are they're the, the more like you said, they're going to feel it. And that's what you want. You want them to feel it if you make them vapid and you make them stupid and you make them annoying and unlikable, then you you don't feel anything. Yeah. If that if that movie, if Curse of Michael Myers... There's nothing scary about it. If Curse of Michael Myers was made by 85% of the, the directors and studios that made movies in the 90s, that mom would have been a throwaway character... Right, and, and when she died, you would have been like, uh, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever." Yeah. But the way that scene is shot, and the fact that she is so likable and sympathetic, and you and you almost pity her because of the position she's in in her family. Right. You know, she's just trying to keep everybody happy. She's just trying to love her kids the best she can. She's trying to be understanding of what her husband's going through, even though he's been acting like a dick lately. You know, Mm -hmm. she's just trying so hard and you can totally relate to it. And then Michael Myers fucking just clobbers her with that fucking axe. And you don't even see that moment. You just see the blood Mm -hmm. hit the sheets, but you're like, fuck. Yeah. You almost, you're like, maybe she'll make it out. Maybe she'll get through and there's nobody there, but of course not. So, um, but yeah, no, this, this, um, they did a good, they really did a good job. Um, because this could have, this could have easily just have been a, like you said, like this could have easily just been a throwaway movie. Like it's a, it's a killer robots in a, in a mall. Yeah. There, 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 there's a, this could have been a laser mission style movie. Like this could have just been on, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't like this it, wasn't a blockbuster hit, but it you know, could have but easily... it's, it, it's endured uh, yeah. with 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 uh, horror movie fans. It could have easily years. ended up being uh, a clearance bin movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and 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 I think that now it's maybe even starting to like catch on even more. I just think the the longer you know, the, as the years go by, this movie just keeps getting more and more popular. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's finding a little bit of new life, you know, and that's, and I think that's because of the, the popularity. Show, Bob. It, yeah. It's the popularity of, of shows like, uh, the last drive in, 
um, kind of bring bringing some of these back uh, into uh, people's uh, view. And um, and not only that, 80s nostalgia. There's a lot of 80s nostalgia right now. And so, yep. you know, movies that are set like this, uh, you know, in a mall, and they're so very 80s. The fashions are very 80s and, and all that. Yep. I think that um, that there's definitely people that are clamoring for stuff like that. You know, there's there's nothing nicer than sitting down on a Friday night after a hard week, making a, a bowl of popcorn, turning on a movie, and you hear that synth track hit, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I'm in for a fucking well, ride that's now. How, how, well, when you heard the theme for Stranger Things for the first time, how hooked were you already? Right? Absolutely. They, had you from, they had you from the opening theme song. Absolutely. You were like, I'm in. You didn't even see a shot. You just saw the opening, and you are like, I'm in. Yep. Yep. I'm these, these these guys get it. Yep, yep, they got it. Yep. They're absolutely yep. They've seen Chopping Mall. <laughs> they've seen Chopping. Yeah, they've def- the Duffer brothers have definitely seen oh, Chopping Oh man, Mall. hey, why why don't the Duffer brothers try to give Chopping That's Mall true. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe maybe a collab. Jordan Peele and the a Duffer co- brothers. A collab. <laughs> produced produced by Jordan Peele, directed, directed by the by Duffer, Duffer brothers. brothers. That's right. Written and directed. That's yeah. we just did it. We just did it. We we got it. Oh we my gotta, god! We got to get this on paper. We got to start making some contracts up. <laughs> I feel like we have all these good ideas. I got it. We got to start never, a GoFundMe. We never, <laughs> we never, we never follow through on this stuff, Kyle. <laughs> what did we say since we were sitting on you know Eldridge Avenue, sitting in the middle of the street on a summer night? Like we got to start writing this stuff down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. You know, Jason walks into the blue oyster kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> so on that note, on Jason walks into the, oh. the blue oyster, <laughs> we're going to wrap up <laughs> our episode of Chopping Mall. So um, please uh, let us know what you think of Chopping Mall. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. Um, right now, it's a little it's a little hard to find. You might have to rent it. Um, I have to watch it free on uh, Roku. Freebie. The Roku yeah. or Freevee or Tuvi or one of those, you might have to you might have to catch it. But I mean, it's probably going to come back to Shutter at some point. Um, it's out there. It makes a rotation. Yeah. It's ma- it makes the rounds. Um, so if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. If you're into '80s, if you're into synth soundtracks and ki- and killer robots and Kelly Maroney, the, and- it's one of the ultimate B movies. Like if you when you're talking about B movies, this is like right up there. This is this has got all the charm. And this is not a movie that's so bad it's good. It's just good. Yeah. And yeah. fun. If you if you like if you like spunky Kelly Maroney and beautiful Babs Crampton, you gotta Babs. you gotta see it. Good old Babs. And yep. um and please let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of Chopping Mall or any of the <laughs> films we discussed. Because we discussed quite a number of other movies during this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh let us know. Hit us up at nosferadudes at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Uh I think our next episode we're gonna we're gonna go a little we're gonna flip flippity flop and go a little more serious. Mm. We're gonna be a little topical uh with the the recent death of William Friedkin um, and the coming uh, sequel Believer. Uh, Our next episode is going to be about uh, that classic 70s horror flick, The Exorcist. Mm. And we're going to do we're going to do a tie in. 
Um, I talked about this with Jenny. So on my other podcast, Liminal Unlimited, Liminal Mm. Unlimited, uh, that I do with my wife, Jenny, uh, we are going to do a tie-in with Nosferadudes, uh, where Jenny and I are going to discuss uh, possession, demonic possession, and exorcisms. And I think it's going to be super awesome. So uh, check that out. And I don't know, Brad, anything else to say about this? Well, that might be a, not chopping mall, but that might be a almost more of a crossfire episode because I, as you know, I do not really. That's, that's care right. For Brad the does not like the exorcist. So get get ready, get ready, all you uh, Gmail warriors, to uh, mm-hmm. to get on your little keyboards and let Brad know what you think. <laughs> Of his opinion actually oh you know what i think they'd be more on my side you think? i think a lot i yeah i don't think that you know not to i know we're wrap again i do this all the time <laughs> and i know we're wrapping up but i think that i don't i don't know if the exorcist is as popular with people as it used to be i think you're you're one of the uh holdout you think i'm in the minority okay i think again well-made movie and we'll talk about it but i don't think i don't think people find it as scary or as interesting as as you do or as people did in 1973 well we'll 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 figure it out we'll we'll figure out why uh i'm right um that it is one of the great (laughs) horror movies <laughs> and, and I'm sure you'll come up with a, a staggering and argument and do a total deep dive into we'll it. We'll get to yeah. the bottom of it. We'll get to the bottom and of I'll it. And I'll just say it stinks. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. So from me and me. Remember the call the <laughs> I fucked it up again. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this one out though. I'm gonna cut this one out. <laughs> I was looking at you because I was like, I think so. I get it. Don't fuck this up. So, remember, <laughs> the broadcast is coming from inside the house. Thanks for listening. Beautiful. Well done.